Here we go. 10th anniversary. 10th anniversary. I know. Shock eyes on you, Mike Heike, of uh, Rinky Dinking. A podcast? I've, Who's going to listen to a podcast? Yeah, we d- we've done 10 of them. I, I never <laughs> thought we'd get past three. Uh, I believe tin or aluminum is the ah. gift for the 10th anniversary. Is it not? Totes should be getting us both something tin nice. Tin Man. Is it, was it the Tin Man who was incapable of emotion? Was that his Indeed, deal he had in no heart. The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. He needed a heart? Well, we could go down a path or a <laughs> rabbit hole or a yellow brick road with that one, but we'll digress. Uh, wonderful sweater vest that you, you. have on, Mike. Uh, our illustrious producer has um, Make America Great Again socks, apparently. <laughs> no, he's shaking feverishly. They're, they're wonderful. They're they striped. Are. They're they are. starred. They are. Here we are. We're huddled over a table in, in uh, SoCal. It's now. like a campfire, really. We've we've left Vegas, and that's sort of the focus of the beginning of this one. The stars, the only odd odds I could find, uh, and I think this is from the summer. The stars were twenty-eight to one to win the Stanley Cup, which isn't bad. Do you realize there's thirty-one teams? <laughs> I know, it, and again, that doesn't. No odds. It's not. I know, I know. they it's don't not go the by teams, Mike. I know, but it's just they funny. had Tampa, Tampa at eight to one. I like that pick. Yeah, it's not a bad pick. Uh, did you do any gambling of any sort? In I did Sin not. City? In fact, my I called my son. Oh, hold it here! I've been oh, handed. I've been handed the, the latest. <laughs> Look at it. Hold it now. Did you put any hold money down it. there, Totsy? The the link. Uh, Oh, my God, they're all over the map, though. You might need to grab a mic to explain this. Stars are plus 3,500. That's, that's a payout on a $100 bet. You get 3,500 if you put 100 on the Stars to win the Cup right now. Hmm. You get 2,000 on the Sabres. How about that turnaround? Doing well. Who pays out the most here? Uh, you get 30,000 on the Red Wings. <laughs> wow. Hey, I'm I'm thinking Chicago oh, might be uh, the highest right now. No, uh, fifty thousand on the Kings. Wow, thirty thousand on the Canucks. The Hawks are only twenty five grand. Hmm. That's rip right from the Vegas Strip. Those numbers. So the, the worst odds. Help me here, Totsi. Are I'm doing it. Uh, you get five hundred bucks on either the Leafs or the Lightning. Wow. So Leafs have turned it around, haven't they? Uh, remember, kids, gambling is a sure way to get nothing for something. I think you call that the stock market. That's provocative. Uh, anyway, the Stars won and left last year out of Vegas. Uh, but as is the norm with that city and those casinos, and when you come back to the table, the house gets its money back. Always evens out. That's what happened last night. Uh, but forget about the game. The game was the game, and I covered it in the Emporium anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's all anyone needs. Yeah, really. <laughs> the three-minute boost, and then that's it. You Vegas in it. general, as a hockey market, and and a ve- the venue and the way they roll it out there, and obviously they had a wonderful role to the Stanley Cup final last year. But, man, it is it is vibrant. Yes. It is pulsating in there. And those people are into it. Like it's not it doesn't feel like a novelty no. act. It, no, I'm I, not I'm not in agreement with all of it. Right. But 
What was your favorite part of the lead up? Well, okay, the lead up was fantastic. Uh, just the the. Nights. But you can feel yes. the music the and nights warm up. Battling. I mean, feel you must have lost your yeah. mind. Well, and then everybody in the building—that's pretty rare, even in hockey markets. But the thing I loved the most in the game, and and I swear this is the way with the stars back in '98-'99, is you see just the hint of a rush. And the entire building is going like, oh, here we go. And you're just like, settle down. It's, they're not even going to come close to getting a shot on goal, but they get excited about the opportunity for offensive hockey. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because they've their identity has seeped into every seat at T-Mobile yeah. Arena. Like, they, they understand what they're all about now, just like in the early days in Dallas or any other non-traditional market the easiest position to understand is the guy at the end of the rink with the funny pads on and the mask. He looks like a cartoon and he's their best player right. anyway, for the most part, Mark Andre Fleury certainly was terrific again last night. And they love that. I, I just, there was a lot of elements that, that I was really like this, this is an event yeah. here tonight, which is what they want. And probably the most striking thing was when they, they prance the showgirls down the aisles in warm up. Yep. And then they, like a picket fence, are right on the glass in the star zone for the 15 minutes of warm-up. I just was like, that is perfect. It's just like the replacements where the cheerleaders are doing their dances on the sideline yeah, well, and distracting the other team. To a degree. <laughs> I just, I thought, man, that's awesome. I remember when I played at uh, Madison Square Garden way back in the day, and Ron Greshner was either married or dating Carol Alt, supermodel. And this wasn't supposed to be a distraction thing. I think it was just where she wanted to sit. Right. But at MSG back then, the first row was not below the boards. It was it started at the top of the boards. Yeah. So Carol Alt sat right behind the opposing net for two periods. Like right behind there. She when you have, turned around yeah. and swept snow out of your crease, you were staring at one of the most – Highly sought after, haughty supermodels on the planet. Did she bring her friends with her sometimes? She wasn't alone, <laughs> Mike. She wasn't there alone. Her friends probably were pretty attacked. And that was all. That was during the game. <laughs> Warm ups, one thing. That's during the game. I just thought that. I thought it looked awesome. You know, the purpose behind it was just so. We're in this to yep. throw you guys off. You're in our building, and you know, I love. We talked about it last week in the podcast. I love everything about what we do in our building in Dallas. Yes. I think they do just a scintillating job of uh, making that a home ice advantage and, and making sure people get entertained when they come. Man, it is it is a group think, and it just pounds at you the entire game there. And on along with it, which I've always admired, the – the fans very quickly, and maybe a lot of them are transplants and what have you. And there were a lot of yeah. stars fans there, but they're they're pretty knowledgeable. Like yeah. it's it's not just a freak show; it's pretty good. Yeah, and it. I mean, the other thing I think that's interesting is they lose five to one in L.A. and they turn around and they're just a completely different team. And it really does make a difference for that team to be playing on home ice. Yeah, I mean yeah. they they draw energy you know, from it. You, you say. You say that, though, and I'd love to say the same thing. You know, like Montreal has a home ice advantage. Right. The Stars building is like that. The Vegas net. One of the hottest teams on home ice right now is the Florida Panthers. <laughs> and that's not the they, same they environment. They, they're trying dearly 
in South Florida to get that to change in that, but they just don't have a the volume of people in there, and it just they just haven't been able to capture that, right. and yet they win most nights on That's on home ice. Which do you, is want, do you want to go down a weird rabbit hole right here? I'm going to make it real quick for you. Are you done with Vegas? No, no. I was going to say the NHL because they are risky, they will take risks that other leagues won't. End up in some fun places. I think Nashville's a fun place. I think San Jose is a fun place. I think Vegas is a fun place. And these are places that, you know, other sports haven't wanted to go to. Well, two of those places, the league got there just ahead of the NFL. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's pretty wallowed smart. in and swallowed and up the, the, the early the days of the Predators. But there are unique experiences yeah. out there. And I think that's interesting. And then you look at places like Florida and uh, Ottawa and, you know, good cities where they just did a bad job of – locating the arena or yeah. you know you know and they they've fumbled those opportunities it's interesting just to see which ones succeed and which ones don't and like i said the nhl seems to land in some interesting and odd places why do you think that is do you think it it's because they're so reliant the the league still is so reliant on gate receipts yeah. and tickets and fans more so than television that they can go into an area like that and be sort of the thing well and they go into areas i think that again before the nfl gets there you know i do think there are some interesting cities or environments that they go to i don't know like i said vegas so maybe lubbock lubbock would be nice no it wouldn't uh (laughs) i thought i was thinking about this and actually our esteemed director mark vittorio brought it up over some libations at sky bar after the game last night but we were talking about uh, the NHL residency in Vegas and not just about the Golden Knights, but the All-Star Weekend. You know, the reason I bring this up, the NFR was there, yep. is there right now, National Finals Rodeo, and it's been in Vegas forever, right? The great Bob Tallman has a celebrity bowling thing going on. I looked through all the stuff. All the stuff I mean, there are pageants and anything that you can attach to – Cowboy. There were more cowboy hats in Vegas. Yeah, I was shocked. Than than uh, in Texas, maybe over that that weekend. That may be a bit of a stretch. <laughs> the uh, but it it got me thinking. The Major League Baseball winter meetings are there. I mean, it's convention after convention. Why would the NHL not take the All Star Game out of the individual team hands and just have it in Vegas? Every year. Now, the argument would probably be immediately that, well, you're giving the Golden Knights this massive home advantage. Uh, but what if you did this? What if you had each team be the host of it? So you, this year, you're you're the host of it in Vegas, and you can you get a little splashier package, right. and you get to bring more people and what have you. But it's in Vegas because, for the most part, that's just to massage your biggest sponsors and right. schmooze and that. There's no reason for it to be in Tampa Bay or in uh, Colorado or in Edmonton. They, they don't need to be in those places because it's not really a game anymore anyway. No. Well, and it's interesting because they have the draft now. So that you can distribute to wherever you want to distribute you it to. You have that there if well, you Well, you could. But you're right in that it could be a reward. I mean, it's like when they used to play the Pro Bowl in Hawaii, I think it was a reward for the families and everything. And I think that could be the same thing where, you know, hey, you get to go to Vegas. This is pretty cool. Well, just all the things they could do around it. I, th- I think it would be a good idea. I'd, maybe the draft needs to be in, in 
in different hockey markets, but I would think certainly the broadcast meetings could go there. <laughs> I actually, I, ta- I, I, I take that back. I think they should all go to Edmonton every year. They, you know what? I'd be happier there than I would in <laughs> Vegas. I'm, I'm really not a big Vegas strip guy. Anyway, it's good. It's good to visit and what have you, but for the most part, eh. I, the, the, Last two times I was there with the Stars, the previous only time I was in Las Vegas, I stayed at the Golden Nugget. It's a Golden Nugget, Wayne Gretzky, sort of a Muhammad Ali-ish entourage story that I could get into, but I'm not going to. Late 80s, it involved Bruce McNall, Caesars Palace, uh, somebody telling me to order another round. And then telling me, wait, and then saying, ask the bartender what time it is. I, he answered back, it's 8.15. And the answer back to me was, no, we're going to call it a night. <laughs> that sounds like a fun night, Daryl. It was. I, there were 10 of those, though. That was the problem. <laughs> I was there for 10 days. Anyway, enough on Vegas. Uh, ahead, we've hit the 30-game mark. Yes, Did have. you realize that? Uh, yeah, yeah statistically know, speaking, they, they we're at the every game. 30 game. Yeah, well, they do. So you are paying attention <laughs> yeah, up there. It's hard to believe. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, let's talk where we're at 30 games into the season. Man, the games, they come and go. And we were just talking about, hey, look at us. We're 20 games into the season. And bang, another 10 are gone. Pretty soon we're going to be talking about halfway through all-star breaks and what have you. But they are at the 30-game mark, and they sit 16-11-3, good for fourth in the division, seventh in the conference, with everyone all stacked up still. And some teams – like I look at the Edmonton Oilers, Hitch is (laughs) – 7-1-1 or something like that. I mean, again, you like sausage, don't watch it get made. (laughs) Just – you know, those, grill it, cut it up, scramble some eggs, and enjoy. Those one nothing wins look pretty nice yes. right now. <laughs> well, they do, but because when you look at the broader picture, they're seven two and one since right. he took over. They were five points in arrears of the stars, I think, and now they're one. Yes, it's, it's crazy. Well, it's interesting too. Like as I was looking at all this stuff, uh, I believe they're on pace for ninety two point nine or ninety three points or whatever, which basically is the bottom level of the playoffs. They just came off a four-game winning streak. That's how hard this is. Yeah. You know, you have to win. And you can't have two or three losses because, boom, you fall right out of it right now. Well, don't you think that's what – How many times have we heard that, though, where – And it seems real, although it's it's false math. It it feels like uh, it's not not truly correct. Correct. But you can win a bunch of games in a row – and you don't get any separation on anybody, and then you lose three, four, five games in a row, and you just get sucked down. You're circling the drain, and it's almost impossible to get yourself back up again. It doesn't make any sense. It's those three-point games. So many teams are getting a point every night, whether that's one team getting two points, one team getting one point. It's a weird system, and, and you don't have to deal with this in any other sport 
And, and it is strange because you sit there and look and say somebody's two, two, and two. Well, what does that even mean? Well, it's statistical malpractice. That's what it is, Mike. <laughs> They're fooling the fans out there. <laughs> we all know what the, what the deal is. Or do we? I don't know if we know what the deal is. Well, and is. that goes right to this team. Okay, so are they good? Are they playing good? Are they playing better? Are they learning? Are they adjusting to Jim Montgomery and the coaching staff's new system? I don't know. Like, you watch them and say, well, that was good. What they did there was, uh, that was competitive. He talks about compete. He talks about, you know, fighting for wins. And, and in a, a couple of these third periods, they've done just that. But then you look down and their analytics are terrible. I mean, last night, what, the, the shot attempts were almost two to one. And you're just like, okay, so are they getting better? Are they not? Do they have to wait for John Klingberg to get back? Is John Klingberg going to be back? Is Stephen John's going to be back? Is Mark Mathias? Yeah, mean, well, those and you just remain don't know. the biggest questions. Yeah. So, I mean, you're happy that they've done everything to keep themselves in yeah. the mix because you look at St. Louis and you look at Chicago and you look at what Minnesota's doing right now and you see how easily it could be to fall yeah. out of this, and they haven't. So that's the positive. Yeah, Minnesota, at one point it was like, oh, this, you know what? This, this is might going be year. pretty good for them. <laughs> yeah. And then now it's just crisis. St. Louis, whatever with them, some of these teams within the division, when it looked like it was the strongest division around, right. and now you're looking at three of them are wallowing the coldest teams in the NHL. They had a list of the worst. Is that right? Yeah, the worst records over the last ten games, and it was three Central Division teams. Yeah. I I find more good than bad thirty games in. Yeah, Do you? I agree. Yeah, like I I know they've relied pretty heavily on rather spectacular net minding, but and, that's a good. And when I mean, it, oh yeah, but that's the, here. that's the league, <laughs> right? Uh, we had the numbers last night. I mean, they were within uh, whisker of leading the National Hockey League in goals against. Yeah. And the last time they did that was 71 games into the 06-07 season. Seems a few years ago. And they've only ever won one Jennings Trophy, and that was the year they won the Stanley right. Cup with Turek and Belfort as their tandem. So that goals against is kind of important. This is arguably, right now, 30 games into the season, the best tandem Best goaltending tandem in the NHL. Yeah. And a big reason why they've been able to go 16, 11, and 3. Because they, in stretches, get outplayed to the eyeball. Yes. And you mentioned the courses and everything else. So it's it's not just the eyeballs. And yet, I, I feel like the game, the sport, more times than not, is predicated on do you get really good goaltending, and then do you have guys that can get, can break a game? Right. That's why it's you know again I'm not trying to uh, lay roses at Hitch's feet in Edmonton, but you know they can lock it down. They're getting great goaltending from both guys now, Koskinen and Talbot, and they have one of the true game breakers yeah. in the game right now in Connor McDavid. So you watch the way the Stars had gone about their business for a few weeks here. And that's what they were doing. They were hanging in with great goaltending. And then third period, they have some elite world-class right. guys that can win a game for you. Can you sustain that for, you know, for another 50 games? I, I don't know. I, I think they'll get better. I really do. I, I wonder, and we've talked about this a few times on the rinky-dinking podcast. World famous. That this feels like one of those years where they might need to do something in stride right? and not just in the summer. 
you know they and I, I wonder I'd, I'd like to know from management's perspective do they do they look at it and say to themselves you know what there's something here and maybe we do need just one little change because it was pretty obvious they tried to do it in the summertime right you know they they went after a couple of guys and didn't land them so <laughs> there seems to be intent and do you want to just go through an entire another season and try to redo it again in the summer or and I'm again we play fantasy on right. this thing and not reality whether they can do it or not I don't know they they need to get some answers on a couple of these defensemen right. going forward and maybe when they do that and figure out are they going to be players or are they not going to be players perhaps that opens them up to do something fairly significant that might really catapult this group uh, to the next level get off the bubble if you will well there's two things one i do feel the urgency with the front office and this is their sixth year and they you know they want to win they wanted to win last year too but i mean it, it builds it really does build they want to win now then the second thing is is will this team earn the i don't want to say respect but earn the um investment to say if we get even one piece can this team do something and so then they have to show the front office you know we're there we're close just give us some help yeah and yeah and it I, is a two-way street it You're is right. and, and and i do think they're waiting on that i think and, it was easier to do that back in the day you yeah. get signals from your group and then you could just add you could just add money well you can't do that anymore to, and to some degree i mean you look at the pittsburghs and you look at teams that have succeeded they've had it and they've been up against the cap yeah. and they find ways yeah. because somewhere somehow they're looking at this group going like you know what if we could just get one second or third defenseman to add to this group we could take off and they do you know i think chicago's done in the past you know other teams have just they find a way and and again hunger is a big part of that and you have to believe that your team is close. Now, if you don't believe, then why are, we, why are you even doing it? Then you cross some fingers and you skip along and you hope, you know what, maybe, maybe we catch a uh, gust maybe of our, wind. Yeah, maybe our goaltender is just, yeah. you know, yeah. went, steals I, games. I don't know. But I, 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 like, I, don't, I don't mind them here at 30 games. Yeah. You know, you're fourth in a real tough division and not far away from being top three, which guarantees you a playoff spot. And still with that, you're – you're skipping along and, you know, eight teams make the playoffs right. and you're in seventh. And you've dealt with some injuries, yes, but everybody has to do that. Uh, maybe Klingberg coming back in does give him a charge, almost like Adden, like yeah. like Hansel, who's not completely up to speed, that's obvious. But, man, in little little short strokes, you can certainly see what the big bearded one adds. Well, it's so funny because he is a bit controversial because of his contract, because he gets hurt a lot. But, boy, when he tipped that puck in front of the net on the power play, you're like, oh, that's what they've been talking about for 30 games. You know, when this guy gets back, he's going to have a presence. He does have a presence. Yeah. And then the other fact is, and this goes for, you know, guys like Dickinson and Shore who are getting better every game, Martin Hansel's going to get better. And, and possibly a lot better. Yeah. Uh, and then you do get excited about that. You know, like, look at this guy is 6'6", six, six, whatever, 240, 235. And smart. And wins face-offs and can be Gives out there in the man. final Gives two you minutes. another man out there. <laughs> I, I love Jim Montgomery. I don't know if you were in the room when he said that. But he says, you look at him, and, he, and I'm looking, and I'm going, I'm talking to him, and going, like, he could squish me. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, it's just a realization that this is a mountain of a man yeah. who, if he wanted to, yeah. he could squish me. He's a big, 
He's a big bearded wonder, that one. He adds a lot to this group. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, guys that could squish people and what have you, there were some squishies going on in practice in St. Louis. <laughs> the the fights in practice thing. Now, it blew up on social media, as everything does nowadays. Uh, they had one, Bortuzzo and Sanford, things are not going well, and that's usually when those things happen. Yeah. Although I've seen it happen when things are going well, too. Uh, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more, to be honest with you. I, I am. I'm, I'm really shocked because coaches always want these battle drills. They love compete, their battle compete. drills. Compete. <laughs> one-on-one. So you, you throw these, these uh, young testosterone-dripping males into that basically you're throwing a bone in the corner and saying okay fight for it and sticks get up and guys get nudged in the wrong spot and they get mad at one another even though they're teammates and i'm just shocked it doesn't happen more because we would know about it nowadays yes because at the stars practices there's the same people shooting it every day with their cell phones right uh there would be evidence out there on whatever platform you you want to see so uh, are you at all surprised that all i can tell you is when we were hitting oh six and one and oh seven and one and you could just feel the palpable frustration last year after that losing streak that kind of sunk the season like this is important to these guys i mean this is you know as much as the fans are you know really glued to their team and really upset about all this stuff you can't imagine the frustration that the players and the coaches and, and the management and everybody is having. Like, you are in a horrible mood all the time when you're in a losing streak. So it doesn't take much to start a fire in those situations. I mean, you, like, we, we lived it last year. That was horrible. There were no fights. Well, but I'm saying that the – I don't mind that. I don't mind the fact that there is combustion because, I, you know, I guess – there were no fights. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? Is well, that a good I, thing? I don't know. In some ways, I'm just, I was shocked there wasn't one last year. Well, and we always talk about Eddie. Antoine Roussel, I mean, he practices similarly to how he plays, right. which ticks people off. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Eddie and, and, and how we like level. it when he would, you know, well, break a TV or so, <laughs> tear a sink off the wall. So do you remember in all your years around here, do you, do you remember your, your most memorable uh, teammate? Scraps. The one that always comes up is that was training camp, which yeah. was a little bit different, but not that different. Legend Bass. Yes, I love that one because it was it was so shocking, and yet it wasn't. Well, and he was like, we're in Vale, and everyone. He was like, this is like his first. What do we have like thirty-two guys, two days of practice or three days of yeah. practice for Bob. I mean, he just joined the team. Yeah. And Grant Ledger gets up and goes, you want to go? And Bob Basson says, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and just leveled him with yeah. a punch. I mean, the, it was... the other one was Smith, I think, and uh, Otter. Wasn't that one yeah. in practice? Where, yeah. it's always where... <laughs> a goal. Why is it always a goal? Because well, the other one, didn't Belfour broke Grant Marshall's foot, didn't he? Something like that. They got into it. Yeah. I think he took a wild, like, axe swing Goalies at Goalies don't like practice anyways, and then when the pucks well, get up especially. high. Yeah. No, I know that. Mm -hmm. I used to throw my stick. You know, guys would whistle it a little too high. Robbie DeMaio tells the old stories. <laughs> you know, it was just like, you know what used to really piss me off more than anything, though? I, I never liked having pucks in my net in yes. practice. Ever. Dominic Oshik. So they would... You know, guys get to know that you don't like that, and they're in a little bit of a prickly mood one day. So those little buggers, 
they're over in the corner and all the pucks are over there and yep. they know I want a clean, pristine net. And then they'd sit there and they'd just be curling pucks and trying to put them in there. And I'd send the visual daggers over. They knew what they were doing. And and then I'd have enough and I'd just woof, 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 just helicopter that thing into the corner. They'd duck it, smash off the glass. I'd go pick it up and come back. Mesh it's sent. There you go. And your sticks were stronger back then, I think. Well, I don't know about <laughs> I don't know about that. But th- those those things happen. I'm just really surprised that they don't happen more. Uh, Tom Holy is on the trip. Oh wow! But apparently, not available for Rinky Dinky. We're, we're not in San Jose. We'll come back are with we? a, We'll come back with a very brief. <laughs> maybe he's preparing for San Jose. Right. I mean, a very brief Holy Puckaganda after this. What an intro for a guy who decided to go to a coffee house instead of stopping in on the podcast here today. Uh, but in the absence of Tom Holy, the VP of Communications of the Dallas Stars, why don't uh, you start us off, as Tom often does, with an extremely unfunny joke? Well, Daryl, I just want to know, where do you park your camel? I don't know, Mike. Where do I park my camel? Camelot. Here's uh, here's what Tom sent me. Uh, actually, he's he's with a former player, former San Jose Shark and Anaheim Duck player, who opened a coffee shop here. He wanted to go check it out. Second life, second business. It's like these millennials. We're going to get into millennial musings in a bit. Many different job titles in their life. Uh, many different individuals in this holy puckaganda this week. Here it is. With Lindell, Klingberg, and Haskinen all at five goals, there is the potential to have three D-men with ten or more goals. Do you realize the Stars franchise has never had a season in which three defensemen have scored 10-plus goals. That's shocking. Isn't it? Yeah. Sador, uh, Hatcher had a couple of runs through there. Zuboff. Never three in double digits. That's amazing. That's mind-boggling. And well done, Tom. Thanks for dropping by. (laughs) And well done by you, Mike Heike, for setting it all up with an extremely corny joke. Uh, I hope he's well-caffeinated. I know that uh, Jeff Totes is. He's ready to roll in his striped socks. You know what's next. It's Millennial Musings. Totally. Totes my goats. Cool. I was worried we wouldn't have him for this this week after two days in Vegas. But he managed to navigate his way through Sin City for 48 hours. I think he likes And he's skate- here and available. I think he skates board through. I think he takes it and it's easy for him. You love Vegas, don't you? It's fun. I I love the arena atmosphere like you guys were talking yeah. about. Unbelievable. Yeah. You guys are just like Decent City too. You just like your shiny objects and loud noises, don't you? People in night costumes fighting. You just keep your attention. You just need to have your attention stimulated 24/7. They do a good job there. 
people were giving it to you. They think we give it to the millennial too much on yeah, the podcast. I'm an old man. That that we but we do it out of love. So I told them we're yeah. very avuncular. Yeah. Like well, an uncle. I mean, we could just do this as two old farts on a couch. I know, but we we invited the millennial in. Well, he adds so much. That's right. He really does. What are you adding this week along with producing the entirety of this? <laughs> well, uh, let's talk social media. Uh, Whoa, what a shock. Huh? <laughs> but it's how people communicate. I know. Even old people. That's true. It's Not true. very well with the old people, but... <laughs> uh, so yesterday we got the treat of a Stars game on an NFL Sunday. So a really busy day of social media. And I'm not sure if you guys saw, but the play that everyone was talking about yesterday uh, was the Patrick Mahomes no-look throw. I saw it. It was dissected from a million angles. There's funny takes, retweeted thousands of times. And it seems like every month there's one or two plays like this that the entire world gravitates to, wants to discuss, wants to see everything about. And it got me thinking that hockey seems to lack these sort of uh, viral plays if you will that take root outside of the sport and engage not even non-sports fans in the way that the Patrick Mahomes throw did a lot of LeBron James dunks do that Odell Beckham catch against the Cowboys a couple years ago do you think it's the actual play or do you think it's the individual making the play that no, drives it I think it's the actual play itself. do you I do and I, I mean I'm saying wouldn't you say that some of Connor McDavid's goals are just as impressive as any of these, if not more like so. Like if Blake Bortles looks this way and throws it that way and a guy catches it? I think it still goes just as Do big. you? Yeah. Do you? No. No. I'm and an he's old, the I'm final word on this. Well, well what's interesting is, and, and the, when you brought the subject up, Sidney Crosby shot from the hardest yeah. of angles into yeah. the upper corner of the net. It's Sidney Crosby doing just remarkable things. You're right. It should be catching fire. It just slips by. It, it makes the highlights. Right. Right. But, for, it just, yeah. but it just catches fire within the hockey community yeah. who's right. already going to see it anyways. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you, if you don't follow ESPN, TSN, or anyone, yeah. LeBron James will still get onto your timeline. Odell Beckham still will. Amazing football plays Duchesne's will. backhand rebound out of the air. That should have caught fire in social media. And wouldn't you say the degree of difficulty on a play like oh that is higher than these others? Oh you, you don't think so? You oh don't my. think that's it's just luck? I was just embarrassed for the guy in the mask and the pads <laughs> for looking like he looked on that. should have never gone in. But it, ever. I, it, ever. It's funny because I look at the, the Yanmark pass and you're a goalie, and you're all you're doing is seeing this broken stick fly up in the air. Like he's going, like, no, that puck's completely, out, you know. I don't think he even thought that it might come back at him, and so he should have. He's a goalie, I, you know. I guess he's supposed to be aware of that. But just the, just like you said, the um, ability to make these incredible plays. Even last night, uh, didn't the guy uh, in Vancouver, the uh, shot went off the back glass, went off the back of the goalie's back and into the net. And you're like, that's funny. I mean, somebody should at least right. laugh at that and retweet <laughs> that. But you don't see it. So, is it is it the fact that our game or sport is not as popular as those other sports because well, is there is there another sort of boutique sport so to speak that still has that type of thing come out of it no no i mean you could go to i don't know belgium and people would know lebron james right they might not know Sidney crosby yeah. or anybody else in our sport and odell beckham you know, everyone wears their hair like them now that can, not us, obviously, but those that can do wear it that way, you know, and he, he does other things off the field 
and so does LeBron. Mahomes is just he could be the league MVP. Yeah, this well, year. And, and he's a flavor of the month. Yeah, yeah, and he's being just stoked by every single outlet out there for good reason. He deserves right. it. Yeah, he's he's an exciting, engaging athlete. But what in your mind then, as a young guy that? that loves this stuff what, what aren't we doing in our sport then that's exactly the question i was bringing well today no to you, ask is, you can't ask two old farts right. what have, we should be doing what should we be doing i have no idea because when you talk about that Sidney crosby goal and plays like that that should be right up there with all these that's like the face of the league making an incredible well and uh, and part of that is you need to get a relationship with espn yeah, i think that's it's a helpful thing. I know John Bouchergrass helps a lot, but like the NBA's plays. I don't think so. You don't think so? You don't think the they tweets, get distributed? All the tweets that blow up with this stuff is someone filming their yeah. TV at home. Interesting. Well, like here's here's an example, and this might be just a god-awful one, but I'll throw it out because it's our podcast. We can talk about whatever we want and take it whatever direction we want. You guys caught the teddy bear tosses? Yes. Which I've wanted to do for years. Awesome. I've tried for years to figure out how – the Razor Boy could bring the teddy bear toss to American Airlines Center in December for all these kids that are at, whether it's Cook or Scottish Rite or wherever they're yeah. children's. And just because when you watch those videos, it, it's epic. Yeah. Phenomenal. That goal goes in and it's just on. There's just raining teddy bears and then the people near the glass have to toss them on the ice to come out and pick up trucks and fill them hershey had the record for a bit and then i think the two alberta western hockey league teams were trying they tried in edmonton calgary had the record before i don't know how they count the record but they had it but those things are probably the it's weird those are the closest things we have that in fights yeah and like a a practice still fights right Still fights. Still fights in I, our sport. I know. I don't mind it. I'm an old man. I like fights. I, well, <laughs> we, again, we talked it about should, it It shouldn't before. be the highlight. No. Right. Right. That There's not- so many other things. To your point, Totsi, there are so many other things that deserve to be driven like that that just get crickets. Yeah. You know what's funny is that foxes slide down the board. Yeah. Something as unique as that, that can catch on. And maybe you know we need to do a better job of pushing that out to the masses. And I blame I blame you, uh, DallasStars.com. I accept a lot of the blame. Um, you know what's funny is that the people who are in search of numbers, and this goes with the morning news and the athletic and everybody else, we do need to embrace this. We do need to say what does the fan want, and I well, know that feels bad sometimes because what the fan wants—that's the crooks of it, right? Is not is, not always what you want don't to give you, them. Don't. <laughs> Don't give the people what you think they need. Right. Give them what they want. Correct. And I think there's there's part of all of us that sit there and go, yeah, it was great, but come on. There was lots of other more important yeah. things it's that went sport. on within that. <laughs> and and you, I, I, I think I agree wholeheartedly. We need to do a much better job of driving not so much the, the things that we think are terrific, because what I think is terrific isn't going to be what somebody who's just catching their first right. game or whatever. They're going to be, look right. at it and go, wow, did you see what he just did? And you're like, yeah, they do that like quite a bit, actually. Right. He's like, I didn't, that's amazing what they just did. And I don't know how you harness that and then 
you know, bullhorn it out to everybody out there because you can force it and it'll seem then it's worse forced right. and it'll be awful. It'll yeah. fall flat, right? right? Like that's why they call it viral. It's got to grow. It it's got to be, be organic. organic. Yes, there it is. Oh Curated gosh. and organic. You sound like a millennial. Oh, I'm gonna grow a beard and put <laughs> boots on and roll up my. You know, just very quickly before we get out of here. That's a great topic this week. That's very very good. We do need to ramp up that yeah. forget about analytics that's where we need to go there I were no that. analytics involved in that no look pass we need to work on no look passing yes that's the future and to that end i'm in edmonton back in the day backing up i know it'll shock you i wasn't on the ice and uh gretzky uh yari curry scored a goal and gretzky brought it down the ice we're at a, uh then northlands i guess it right. was back then in edmonton and I remember asking Gretz after, because uh, he went, he he drove down the wing, and then he passed it behind his back. He, his head never right. left, looking at the other end of the rink, and he passed it behind his back, right onto the tape of Yari Curry, and he wires it home. And I was just like, how did he, how did he know he was there? Like he he never looked. Like once right. he got the pocket center ice, he never ever look to see if anybody was with him. Right. And a lot of times, Gretzky would go, just go down the wing, he'd take that big slapper, and he could beat goaltenders with that, or he'd take that little button hook and then look for other people. This time, he just kept gunning forward, and then all of a sudden, just threw it behind his back across the width of the ice, right to him, and boom, it was in the net. So I ask him, I'm like, how did you know he was there? And he goes, and I'm telling you, very matter-of-factly, like, oh, yeah, my God. Right. Like, he goes, I could see him in the glass. He watched. He was he was going down the ice, and I know they do this now in in football and other sports with that massive screen. What is it called again from uh, last week? Jumbotron. A video board. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bailout. <laughs> but you know the guys will look and they'll see if anybody's uh, trailing them as they're as they're running. Well, there was nothing of that sort back then, and it was just you know grungy end glass. But he could see. Yari Curry, where he was at, in the end glass, whipped it behind his back and put it in. It's close to the Mahomes thing as I can come up with. And that did not go viral. We back should send then. that. We should make that. Didn't go viral in 88. We should make that video viral now. <laughs> if we could find it. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine what that thing would look at, look like in standard definition television. All right. That's it for another week. Uh, next week, our 11th rinky dinking. But that's not the big uh, area of emphasis for it. It's our holiday special. And you know what we're doing for the holiday special? For you listeners out there, we're going to take questions from you via social media. And that's how we bring it all back around from old guys with ear hair to millennials with cool haircuts. We're going to take questions over Twitter and whatever other avenues we need to take them over. I don't know. What else should we take them from? LinkedIn, maybe. Link- <laughs> you lost me there, Tony. Yeah, I delete LinkedIn <laughs> as quickly as it shows up in my uh, inbox. Uh, we'll take questions, and we'll try to discuss what you think we should be discussing since we tell you what we think you need to hear. That's really bad English, and that's the end of our 10th anniversary, Rinky Dinkin'. See you next week, gang.